people. People. Welcome to the Better Everyday Podcast, episode 78. We are calling this one Run Slower. We're coming to you from our kitchen. It is Friday. Let's talk moving slowly. Let's talk about it. So we want to talk to you guys about moving slowly and why or slower. Slower. And why you may have noticed that everything that we're doing this cycle is sort of around moving slower and moving more with quality. And we're using like different verbiage around stuff like that in class and in sessions. Um, so we just felt like if we explained to you why we're having you guys do stuff this way, you might be more inclined to really try to do it because you understand why we want you to do it. Um, so we're going to talk about something called MAF training. It stands for Maximum Aerobic Function Training, which is really just like a mouthful of bullshit. Which is why we just say move slower. We just say move slower. Um, Because in a nutshell, all this really means is that we're going to be like moving slowly in order to move fast. Yeah. The the idea is to build up your aerobic base so that you can move faster with a lower heart rate, which is like bizarre. And the whole, the whole thing behind the theory is that instead of running for speed or running for time or running for distance, you're literally running and the only thing that you're thinking about managing is your heart rate. So that's like the only thing that would be like of concern to you during a workout is like how, how high your heart rate is. Um, and the whole point of this is to cap your heart rate at a place where it's like easy to recover from essentially and that's not like a super high intensity for you it's easier to keep going right um so when we've been having you guys do the running the running workouts and stuff like that we've been telling you guys that you should feel like when you come in from like running a your laps you shouldn't feel completely dead because that signals that you are in a really high heart rate and that's not the place that we want you to be. Um, And the reason for that is because that isn't training your aerobic system. So what Alyssa was just talking about, so, sorry, I'm just all over with my notes. So the whole purpose is that you build an aerobic base so that your body will run faster while maintaining a lower heart rate. So when we say aerobic base, it's when your body uses oxygen to burn fat for energy while you're working so this isn't just running this is like any like cardiovascular workout that's the system that you want to tap into when you are looking to do things like burn fat and when you're looking to be in a workout for a long extended period of time um when you have like quick bouts of energy you're using a different system and that's not the one that we're trying to tap into right now um basically the anaerobic system uses glucose or carbs as fuel and we don't have nearly as much glucose in us as we do fat no matter who you are, you got a lot more fat than glucose going through you. So if we can use your aerobic system to use your oxygen to convert that fat to energy, we can move a lot longer at a steady pace. So when you're working in this designated heart rate range that's different for everybody, which we're going to get into a little bit later, you're using a system that can actually last for like a longer period of time. So in theory, you will be able to your it's like it's like that saying where people are like, oh, my endurance is shit. This is how you build your endurance. This is yeah. this is exactly what that means. Um, and this is for like, this is beneficial for anyone who's looking to like improve their fitness because being able to tap into this will make you a more fit person. But it's also for the people who are just really just trying to lose weight and aren't really too worried about their mm-hmm. fitness. because it's going to burn a lot more fat than anything else. Plus your recovery is fantastic with doing this and you're not dying after the workout. So you can do a lot more than you were anyway, which also makes you burn more fat. 
which was like the next thing I was going to say. It's like, well, why use this method? Like, why shouldn't we be dying all the time? Like, why should we be in a manageable heart rate zone? Um, and just like some perks of being in the lower heart rate, like Alyssa just said, your recovery is better. So when you're recovering better, a lot of things happen. You're not as sore. You can work out more frequently. You yes, can go hungry. for longer runs. You're not hungry. Um, it lessens the risk of injury like dramatically. Your hormones aren't shot. And this for me is huge. Like running isn't miserable when you're running slow because you are not thinking about how you, you just don't want to be doing it. It's more of like a game. Like, okay, let me, let me, let me slow it down so I could stay in a manageable range. And then the run actually feels, um, good because you can run longer before your body starts to really fatigue. And, and I think that's the best part of it. Everyone's been on a run where you're just like thinking about how much you gasping for air your heart's racing you hate your legs you feel like you're running through mud everything is the worst and you hate everyone but it's not like that with the running slow it's really not it's like it's actually a very like I still have never experienced a runner's high because Alyssa and I have been doing this for Alyssa's been doing it for a while I just kind of like started doing it as all of you know I'm not running is not really my thing but this definitely helps it be more my thing because it makes it more enjoyable for me um and just another thing like to kind of note while we're talking about this when when you're running and you feel like you're going to die and your heart rate is like above the range that it should be, your body is spending all of its time like just trying to regulate out. So you're not burning fat. No. Your your body is just literally trying to get into a place where it feels stable. Um, so that's why you don't really want to be hanging out like in that red zone area because you're not you're not doing anything as far as like health and fitness wise. You're just stressing out your nervous system. Um, yeah. So that's why we don't want you to be up in that place and why when we tell you guys that you shouldn't be fatigued, we really mean it. You shouldn't feel like you can't have a conversation. Um, yeah, good. If you don't have a heart rate monitor, a good a good uh, quick check-in is to talk to someone. If they're with you, start talking to yourself or just say the Pledge of Allegiance. If you can't do it, then your heart rate is too high. Yeah, like I for – I think it was two or no Wednesday night's class. Like I told everyone they should be able to feel like they could talk to me. And like, I went over to everybody like individually, like, do you feel like you can have a conversation with me? Um, and most of them were able to do so. And it's just kind of like identifying what that feels like. Cause it is hard to get used. It's hard to pull yourself back. Even if you're thinking, Oh, like I run really slow. You might not be running slow enough. That's why it's run slow. Er. Yeah. Er. Cause I'm a slow runner, but now I'm running even slower, slower. which is, completely fine um it also feels really weird at first to run slower than your natural pace like it's just like it's like am I walking it's like you're going it's like your natural like urges it's very bizarre to feel <laughs> really bizarre I also want to say that when I was training for my half marathon I did not know anything about this protocol and didn't follow anything about this method and ran as fast as I could as hard as I could every single time and it really did like backfire on me physically and emotionally while I was training for it in hindsight, if I had known this, I would be completely different, probably would have been a completely different race for me leading up to it. You might have also ran less because the thing about building this like aerobic base that we're talking about is like, you don't have to run to get better at running. You need mm -hmm. to get better at breathing to get better at running, essentially. Of course, you need strong legs and you need to have stamina yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. But like the main, the reason that people hate running, running the most is not because their legs are tired. It's because they feel like they can't breathe. Yeah. That's, you know, if you ask 10 people, like most of them are going to say... I was trying to give like a good statistic there, but <laughs> you asked 10 people. I'm going to conduct this survey one day. If you, you ask 10, 10 people, <laughs> which fatigues first, their legs or their, their lungs, they're going to, nine people are going to say we'll their lungs. We'll get back to you on the statistics. It's <laughs> nine. It's, it's a, definitely it's nine. Our um, hypothesis is going to be nine. <laughs> but like <laughs> Alyssa was saying, if she was training for a marathon again, it might be cool to experiment with something like maybe once a week she does a 30 minute workout where she's 
where it's cardio, but she's just keeping her heart rate within whatever zone is right for her um, and, and replacing that with her run. Just like out of sheer curiosity to see like the effect that that would have, I, I would have to say that I think it would benefit you. And the curiosity of like not having to worry about eating carbs around your runs and stuff like like I did because I was running so fast as hard as I, like, yeah, running as hard as I could. I needed carbs. That's true. That's a good point. Which is not what we want. Um, so the, I guess the next question is like, how do you start doing this? Um, run slower, (laughs) run slower, but obviously we're doing it in class, but if you wanted to start doing this, um, it's pretty simple. It's really pretty simple. Assuming you have a heart rate monitor. Yeah. Or just like one that you wear on your wrist is That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Watch or something. Um, the strap is a lot more accurate if anyone, if anyone cares a lot about this, getting the chest strap is way more accurate than yours. Anyway, the formula is super simple. It's literally just take your calculators out. Literally take your age and subtract it from 180. And then you have your heart rate. If you're somebody who's like I, who's like a beginner at running or a beginner at like fitness in general, you would also subtract another five. There's also a whole serious, you know, formula you could use to figure this out. And if you're more interested, comment below and we could give you the link to do that. But just a very simple way, if you wanted to start doing this, like when you're running on your own, when you're not at the gym, it's just sub- subtract your age from 180. And that would mean that that's your max heart rate that you should be at while you're doing any kind of conditioning or any kind of running. So for example, I think mine is... Mine's 148. So mine's 151. I'm three years older than you. Are you? Yeah. Um, and you would want to stay within 10 beats per minute BPMs of that. So basically you want to, I would want to stay between 138 and 148, but I do not want to exceed 148. That's the whole goal of it. So let's just say you were, while you were running, you noticed like, shit, I'm at 160. You'd want to walk until you got your heart rate back down to a place where you could pick it up and jog again. Um, Or if you're doing something and you look and your heart, my heart rate is at like 130, then I need to pick it up a little bit because I'm not in that range. Right. Going too slow. I'm not gaining anything. But most important thing to focus on is to not exceed the the main number. Like if you're going to be below, that's a better place to be than just going higher. Um, Because again, that's that stressed out state taxing your nervous system. Nobody, nobody needs that. Um, I do want to say too, that when I started with this, um, I really struggled with my heart. My heart rate spikes very easily. So I did a lot of slow jogs and walks for the, like probably the first month of doing this before I could get my heart rate to stay within the range while I was still jogging. So it's not necessarily going to be something you can do right away. It might take you a little while to be able to stay at a constant speed at this heart rate. Like you might surprise yourself at how quickly your heart rate gets up. Yeah. Um, and that kind of tells you like, okay, this is definitely a system that you need to be working on because you're, it's not efficient. Like no. just... to to say that um something else that you're going to want to keep in mind when you start doing this is that there's other like outside factors that are going to affect your heart rate that you might not even think of things like air temperature yeah like running lately and trying to keep your heart rate down has been ridiculously hard to do um also like mental stress and anxiety like if you're somebody who if you're feeling stressed out and like going for a run is something that like alleviates that stress that's fine but just remember that your body reads stress the same, mental stress, physical stress. So going in on a really stressed day, you might want to run even slower than you think because your heart rate's going to get up quicker because it's yeah. already, your it's resting elevated. is already at an elevated rate. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff that affect this. Um, and it doesn't have to be too complicated, but it definitely... Don't overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink it. Like obviously, if you're in a hilly area going up a hill, your heart rate might go up a little bit. And you may need to walk a little Just bit. Just walk if you're going up a hill yeah. at this point, That's especially right. in the beginning. You're starting, yeah. Um, but one of the articles I read on this, like, had a good, 
like a very simple way like to test this is to just like pick a three mile course and test it kind of monthly. And basically you would want to see that your miles get, is it slower? Like your first mile should be your slowest. It gets faster as you go. It gets, no, no, it gets slower as you go because you got, because you're, you're exerting more energy. So each mile gets like slower as you go. Because you got to go slower to keep your heart rate down because mm-hmm. you're more sense. fatigued. Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting because it is like the opposite of what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's a really good way to test it. I mean, you don't even have to do three miles. You could do a mile yeah, and just. So the, the one I read was like you test your mile and then do this, but run slow, don't run fast. And then you test your mile again, your mile's faster because right. you're running slow the entire time, but you got faster. Yeah, that makes sense. Um But so again, developing this aerobic system that we're talking about will do you so much good, not just in running, but like in cardio workouts on Saturdays, like all the times when you think of get sweaties for running this 5k. Um, And just general heart health mm -hmm. and general health overall, you'll be better. So that's something that like we are working on this cycle and we'll probably go into the next couple of cycles because um, it everybody can benefit from this. Like you might be thinking like, why do I need to do this? Um, but if, even if you're somebody who's like constantly sore or is like always in pain or like you have like a lot of crazy cravings, that might actually mean that like your recovery is shot because you are in too intense in your workouts. And I don't think there's anyone that doesn't either wants to get fitter or lose fat or both. I want both. I, most people have on both, but you at least want one or the other and you'll get that from this. So it's not about running as hard as you can to lose body fat. It's about running as slow as you fucking can to lose body fat. Just like, you probably still don't believe us, but you gotta, this is where you're going to trust the process. And just like go for a, actually just like assess how you feel after you go for one of these runs. Cause it does like bring you that like very like euphoric feeling at the end where it's you're, bizarre. it is bizarre. I'm still questioning it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> questioning it because I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is good for me. I'm still obsessed with it. So, um, so just in summary. Run slower. Don't tell us you run slow because I run slow and I'm still running slower. So the purpose of it is to build our aerobic base to be able to essentially do like longer workouts, longer runs, more efficiently. Um, And it's focusing on our heart rate rather than our pace, our distance, our speed. It's to recover better, less risk of injury, make running less miserable. (laughs) Um, And you can literally start doing this by subtracting your age. From 180. from 180 and then never going above that heart rate during a run or a conditioning workout. Not right now, at least not during this cycle. I like it. And also if you didn't sign up for the Keyport Fest 5k on September 24th, do it now. We're not sure if you could bring dogs. It's like this whole big thing. We're figuring that out. We won't be bringing we our dogs. We will bring our dogs. You could bring yours. Maybe. We don't know. Don't tell them. <laughs> TV <laughs> yeah. day. TV day. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you Monday. Run slow. Friday. Bye. Bye. People. People. Welcome to the Better Everyday Podcast episode. We're going to call it episode one, Fresh Start 2023. <laughs> and Jackie's here. I didn't get to that yet. Sorry, We're coming to you from the gym. I'm here. Coach D's here. Coach Jay is here. And Pig is here. Um, this podcast is going to be titled Brain body connection (laughs) kick it off day all right guys so brain body connection works i was gonna go with like mind body connection but either way it doesn't matter we're talking about they check into mind body they're gonna be confused (laughs) you're gonna think they're coming to class 
So as simply as we could possibly put it, it's essentially think about what you're doing when you're doing it. I know it feels sort of outrageous for us to have to even say that, but I think often, <laughs> that's just pig. <laughs> I think a lot of times when you guys come in here and you start doing an exercise, you're thinking about a million other things, like what you're having for dinner, getting to work, getting your kids ready, like whatever it might be. So this is just another reminder that we need to be like really present, especially when we're lifting and we're just gonna tell you some of the reasons why. Anyone have anyone else to say on that? Just as far as like not being present when you're working out. Well, yeah, that could be a whole other podcast. That's, yeah, that could be a whole other podcast. But I think it, you might be surprised, like, when you're doing, like, an RDL, if you think about your hamstrings or the back of your legs and your butt, that you actually do feel it more there. Like, we, you probably think we're crazy people when we say it until you try it. It really does work. So I think the thing – we've been saying to you guys a lot, where are you feeling this? What are you feeling? And we're not just asking these questions, like, for – our own knowledge or just to like waste breath we actually want we're to not know just trying to make conversation <laughs> especially especially melissa's <laughs> asking you she doesn't she doesn't care about talking to you she just yeah. cares about where you feel the movement she doesn't want to hear from yeah. you at just all just answer the question so i can walk away <laughs> so when we're asking you what what you feel and where you feel it the whole purpose of that is to gain information so that we can help you sort of isolate the muscles that you're supposed to be using so that you can overall get a better effect of the exercise so some ways to do this a little bit better. Um, let's, <laughs> we could think about like, when we say send your brain to the muscles that you're using, like Alyssa just said, we could use the RDL. I'm gonna just hope most of you know what an RDL is. Um, if you don't know what an RDL is, you see Jackie, you're doing personal training. <laughs> <laughs> She's onboarding I'm you. I'm asking everyone that comes to the door if they know what an RDL is. If your answer's no, I'll see you in a session. <laughs> we'll sign you up, you're fine. So when we think about an RDL, we're using the back of our bodies. We're using our upper back, our hamstrings, our butts. So it's helpful to actually like think about those muscles and like visualize your body doing that movement. And it's, it's sending your brain to those muscles to get more efficient use from them. I just want to add to that, like when you're thinking about using your upper back for the RDLs, it'll remind you to squeeze your shoulder blades together because we can't always be there to say it every single rep. You will forget and you will let your shoulder blades like fall apart. You need to think about it so you remember to pull them together. Yeah, I actually think that's like the thing, the biggest thing with deadlifts and, and RDLs is not people necessarily like keeping their upper backs. I, wait, I forgot what I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that everyone Restart. here is a pretty good, we have, we have pe a lot of people with good hinges here, but what happens usually is that the bar, like the weight of the bar usually just pulls their shoulders forward. So they relax their upper yeah. backs, but it's not a, it's not a muscle thing. It's a mind thing. It's like, you're not thinking about doing that. So that's the first thing to sort of go. Um, but that could be with so many other things where we don't even realize that it's happening visually, but it's like when you say to us, like, oh, I, I feel this in my lower back or I feel this in the front of my shoulder, like all places that we don't necessarily want you to feel stuff. And it's just because you need to hone in what you're thinking about using because your body's going to always use the path of least resistance. Um, and that's not always the place that we want you to be feeling it. So that's kind of what happens when you're not thinking about it. Your body just sort of takes over and does whatever it wants. Um, like to stick to the RDL example, like you might, be, you might be able to do a lot more weight if you're not squeezing your shoulder blades together because you don't have to use your upper back as much. Like Your legs can handle a lot. Your upper back might not be able to handle as much. So we focus on that. The weight might be lighter, but you're going to feel it a lot more in the places that you want to feel it. You're being much more effective and efficient in your movement. 
And that's another reason why just speaking of effective and efficient is that we tend to slow things down, especially as of lately, because the more time under tension, so the longer you're doing an exercise, the, long, the better you can really hone in on the things that you're supposed to be using because you're slowing it down. The faster you do something, I don't care who you are, the less you're gonna feel it in the places where you're supposed to feel it. You might jack your heart rate up and feel out of breath, feel like you're winded, feel like you got a great workout, but did you get the, the stimulus that we wanted you to get from it? Probably not. Um, so that's another reason why we've really been slowing things down is so that you can truly like get the benefit of the things that we're doing. And I think a lot of us are programmed because of, you know, society, social media, whatever, to think that heavier is always better, but that's not necessarily true. Also, if you want to know what time under tension is, I think if you go back like three podcasts, you can listen to it, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Again, if you don't know what time under tension is, when I ask you and you walk in the door, I'll see you in a session. Sign you up. <laughs> wow, walking in the door is starting to feel like really pretty stressful. I'm stressed. <laughs> and I think the, the biggest um, thing to just go back to, like, I feel like I didn't, or we didn't spend enough time talking about, like, minimizing, like, distractions when you're working out. Obviously, you guys don't have headphones in and you don't have your cell phones, like, on the turf. But there is still a lot of distractions that's going on in your own brains mentally. So it's kind of like using the gym as a space where you're just thinking about you and you're just thinking about what you're supposed to be doing rather than like being somewhere else like this is only 45 60 minutes like you can be selfish for that time and just think about the things that you're supposed to be thinking about instead of like take a break from thinking about all the bullshit like think about your life and think how often you think about one thing it's pretty rare there's usually a million things going on up there and i think that that's just this is more i think it's turning into a podcast about being present and how important that is but it, I'm really just trying to show you that the, the more you hone in on the things you're supposed to be doing, the more of an effective workout, the more you're going to engage the correct muscles, the more you're going to feel it in the right places um, and obviously get better at it. I know that sometimes it's frustrating when we say like, where do you feel this? And like, we'll take RDL for an example. And then somebody says, oh, I feel it in my lower back. I'm doing it wrong. It's not necessarily that you're doing it wrong. It's just that it could be done more effectively. Um, so it's just having patience and being coachable that like we can get you there, but it's like, we need you to meet us halfway. Like, again, we're not just asking these questions, like for the fun of it, especially Alyssa, Jackie and I, maybe. <laughs> it's very, rare, very rare. Very rare. Um, but I guess what we're trying to say is that like over the next couple of weeks, like when we're asking you where you feel this and give us like, really think about where you're feeling it when you're doing it so that you can give us an answer, then we can help troubleshoot because really it, it's useless if we can't help you troubleshoot. I feel like a lot of you guys, too, will be surprised when we tell you where you're supposed to be feeling it and where you think you're supposed to be feeling it. Right. Like, the pull-down example. Like, a lot of people think you're supposed to feel it in, like, your shoulders and biceps. It's actually an upper back exercise and a lat exercise. My mind is blown. Like, when we do pull-downs in here, I'm, like, actually shook at the amount of people who feel it in the front of their shoulders. I mean, if I biceps. do it without thinking about it, I feel it in my shoulders and my biceps. But then when I focus on using my lats and upper back, that's where I feel it. So you're practicing what you preach? Rare. <laughs> Body's taking the path of least resistance when you're yeah. thinking about it. It's like that you feel a deadlift in your lower back because it's a lot easier to do a deadlift where you're using your lower back and you move a lot more weight. But it's not the best for you, obviously. So I think... Sorry, pig distraction. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to kind of like recap on feeling things where you're supposed to be feeling them, it's all about visualizing the muscles that you're using and actually sending your brain to those places to, to get the work done. Anybody have anything else to say about that? Or like helpful cues or something like that? I think if, if you're asked when you come in here where you feel it and you don't know, slow your movement down even more. Give yourself more time to feel something. And once you feel it, then you can start to speed it up again. It takes a couple reps sometimes and takes some 
some slow movement to feel it. Even just the purpose of us doing warm-up sets is to kind of start like turning those muscles on and like engaging with the muscles that we're supposed to be engaging with. We're not just doing warm-up sets like for the hell of it, like to kill time. There's actually a purpose and if you're not feeling it where you're supposed to be feeling it in the warm-up sets, like let somebody know, like we can help. Like if you're doing like a goblet squat or like a barbell RDL, when you start with just the bar or a light weight, like you should feel it in the same places that you feel it when you're doing your heaviest working weight. It should all be the same places. It shouldn't be RDL with the bar, I feel my legs. RDL when I put 40 pounds on it, oh, it's all my lower back. That's not how it should be. So interesting that you say that because I always find like when I'm doing something like a goblet squat, like it takes me so much that I would prefer to do a lighter weight, more reps, or else I really don't. All I feel is tension from holding the dumbbell. Yeah. Um, so even that, like we can, it, it's, it's just about being present and forcing yourself to be here and not be a million other places so that we can help you get to the place where you want to be. Um, it's ultimately just a form of active meditation. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Which is difficult. Very difficult. I think we can all agree that it's really hard to be where well, you are and be yes. conscious. But and I present. feel like a lot of people think meditation is like clearing your brain so it's empty, but it's not. It's focusing on one singular thing. And then as other stuff comes in, so you're like mid rep and you're trying to feel something in your hamstrings and you start thinking about having to get the dog groomed. <laughs> Not sitting on that thought, just let the thought go and go back to what you were doing in the first place. That's the basis of my muscle connection. I think that's a really good point that it's like, it's not that other thoughts aren't going to come into your head. It's just like shift, then, then re go back to thinking about the thing that you're doing. It's like the thoughts are going to come in, but it's up to you to kind of like combat them with like the thing that you're doing. Um, and like I said earlier, like, it's nice to give your brain a break from thinking about all the regular shit that you think about. It's nice to think just about what you're doing. Um, I was actually reading this book and it was talking about how, like, everything that we do is, like, so sub subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. And she was saying that to just even, like, prove this theory to yourself is, like, whatever, every hour or something, set a timer and if, see if what you're doing actually matches up with what you're thinking about. And, like, I bet if we all took three hours into that the point would be that you wouldn't be thinking about the thing that you're doing and it's like something that you could practice in your everyday life like when you're washing your hands or something you could just think about like the temperature of the water like how soapy it is what it smells like rather than thinking about other things so it's like to get better at this you can practice being present more often in your everyday life so it, it's definitely some a skill that in here can translate outside and also vice versa that's like i think another example of that too is like when you drive home from somewhere and all of a sudden you're home and you're like, how the fuck did I get <laughs> That's here? That's scary. Yeah, it's like, well, you were not thinking about driving, obviously. Your mind was somewhere else. But like simple stuff like that. Like when you're driving, like don't text on your phone, obviously, but just, just drive. Just be present and drive. Or when you go to the bathroom, don't bring your phone. <laughs> True. Just be present. Maybe That's be a present hard one. Using the bathroom. Yeah, like, <laughs> think about what you're doing in there. <laughs> Seriously. But that's like hard. To, it's hard <laughs> to go to the bathroom hard. without your phone. Like it we're is. programmed to use that phone. When we're going to the bathroom. It's it scary, wild. The more that you practice doing this, whether it be going to the bathroom, <laughs> driving, whatever, the better you'll get at it, and obviously the more, more effective present. your workouts will be. And yes, all the more of that calm stuff. your nervous system will be. That's and then you can nasal breathe, but we'll get into that later. There's probably a podcast on nasal probably, breathing. Probably, it's gonna have to be. Just us nasal breathing. <laughs> this is what it that should sound like when nasal breathing. We'll have Nate come in as a, a guest star on that one. He can sit here and nasal breathe. <laughs> Let's see. Anything else, ladies, to add to this? Um, I think you'll be surprised at how effective this is and also surprised at how difficult it is. 
just and because you can, it's really hard to learn. Like, don't get frustrated with it. It's hard to learn to calm your brain. Especially, like, it's going to be harder for others more than... Some, some more than others. Some. I think it's the same. It's going to be harder for some more than others. Better when be in dead. Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Potato, potato. You know, I was going to say that, too. If, like, your first set, you're like, ah, oh, forget it. I can't send my brain to my, my biceps. Well, like, yeah, you probably can't. But, like, be coachable and like give yourself some time to actually learn how to do this it's like learning to lift like I, I feel like you're we're always continuing to learn how to do this stuff it's not something that you we tell you and it's like oh I can automatically implement this um takes practice just like everything else and it's important and it's an easy way to have a more effective workout that's up, that's up. better every day you know Ooh, it's, it's also a nice. tough one <laughs> when you're doing your um Five minutes of nasal breathing. This is a hard one. Five minutes of nasal breathing. Just think about what you're doing while you're nasal breathing. No, that one's tough for me. It's a hard one. That's really hard. It's a really like hard one. A set of RDLs, fine. Five minutes of nasal breathing. Whew. It's a goal. A good goal to work up yeah. to. Being present while you're doing your five minutes of nasal breathing. I will say that if you do think about, like for instance, when I'm walking or running or nasal breathing. It kind of lets your, if you are just thinking about what you're thinking about, it kind of opens the door for your brain to have like really great thoughts. Like sometimes after I do five minutes of nasal breathing and I actually do focus on it, when I get off the bike, I am feeling like all of a sudden like creative. So it does like stimulate something in your, your brain and your body to like. But that's also like where they always say you have your best ideas in the shower. It's because you're in the shower and all you're thinking about is showering. Right. <laughs> like it's very simple. So your brain has the power to think about right. other creative, better ideas instead of just like everything else in the world that's going on. But when you're showering, you're thinking about showering. It's like, stop thinking about the normal things so you can think about better things. Yeah, yeah. literally. Huh. That should be like, yeah. can you say that again? Oh my God. Stop. I don't remember what I said. Right. <laughs> the thing is stop important. thinking about normal things so you can think about better things. Yeah. Stop thinking about what you're supposed to think about. So that you're thinking about what you should be thinking about. Love that. That's mm. some good shit. Yeah. And also to add to that, when you're doing something that you hate, for example, I hate rowing and jumping rope. This is a tough one for me. While you're doing the thing that you hate, don't think about how much you hate it. Like, I would used to get stuck in doing my jump rope just thinking about, I fucking hate jump ropes. Every time I get caught, I get frustrated, but just think about how much you don't hate it. Think about something else. Just count the reps. Just don't think about how much you hate it. It makes it better. Hi, my name's Dana. I'm training for a half marathon, and I hate running, but every run, I don't tell myself that I hate running. I'm just like, ah, I'm going to go out and do this. Same idea. Is that you committing to the half marathon? This is me verbally committing oh to God. running a half. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first. I was once a hater of running too, believe it or not. But I totally agree when I'm just like in it and I'm like, wow, this hurts, this sucks, whatever. It's way worse and it goes by way slower. If I just like embrace all of the things that I'm feeling, um, it's usually a better experience. <laughs> God, I hope she didn't say that. That one's for you, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that note. Think about your muscles when you're using them. If you don't know where you should feel it, ask us, even though we probably already told you and you just weren't listening. We'll probably be like, really? But we'll still tell you again. And also, if we ask you, try to like tell, give us an answer. Yes. Give us feedback. Even if you think you're going to tell us what we don't want to hear, we just want to hear something. You don't know what I don't want to hear. You have, How no, about idea. This? You have no idea what I don't want to hear. If you think we don't want to hear it, tell, tell us. us. That's usually the info we want We usually most. want that info. Again, when we say us, I mean yeah, like, Jackie and I, it's not loosely us. loosely, AK. <laughs> <laughs> loosely me. Tell me specifically exactly what I asked you, and no more. <laughs> so your, your action step is next time you come in the gym, your first warm-up set, start right then and there, sending your brain to your muscles. I love an action step. I feel like it's always helpful. That's it, people. How do we end it? I forget. We usually recap, which we kind of were doing, but yeah. 
if you want the recap, just re-listen to this. Like, re- <laughs> like rewind like 45 seconds from here. Rewind like two minutes and like it's a recap. It's just a long okay. recap. Better every first podcast of 2023. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. Thanks. Bye. Bye.